Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trumping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received, grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. When you think of Christmas, what images come to mind? There could be images perhaps of modern uh, forms of celebrating Christmas or of stories that, that maybe you read when you were younger or are reading now. Um, one of the images that would come up from, from the passages in the Bible would be the image of a star. 
And that, of course, is not simply an ancient image, but it's part of modern uh, Christmas celebrations as well. Often people will put a, a, a star on their Christmas tree and it lights up. And uh, I think modern celebrations, if, if what came to mind for you when I asked uh, what images come, come to mind, uh, Christmas lights, at least for the last hundred or so years, I don't know how, how long it's been, um, but, but certainly not prior to electricity, prior to that it was candles. Uh, but these days, the idea of light is really part of the, the Christmas holiday. And in the gospel, uh, there is a light, but it's, it's a much dimmer light, but it's an important light. <laughs> and there's a star that these figures, the Magi, use in the darkness of night to, to follow where God is leading them until they come to where uh, the baby is, Jesus, who has been born. The themes of light and darkness are really important in John's gospel. And we just heard uh, part of the first chapter of John read. And while that chapter doesn't tell the story of the birth of Jesus, like the opening chapters of Matthew and Luke do, it's a Christmassy text because it reminds us that Jesus, who was with God from the beginning, came into the world. That's what Christmas is about. Not just a birthday, but a profound birth, uh, Jesus Christ coming into the world. And the way John describes it, what we heard in the reading, was it's like light coming into darkness. And, and so, so the theme of light, um, it's not just about uh, physics, <laughs> luminescence, uh, but in verse four of John one, the life was the light of men. It's really about life coming in. God is bringing life into the world, but that life is the light of men. Uh, verse 14, we have seen his glory. Glory may bring to mind several connotations for you, but light would be one of them, <laughs> radiance for, for many of us. Uh, verse 18, no one has seen God, but he, Jesus, has made him known. So there's something about life being made known, glory being revealed, grace and truth. These are the themes of John 1. And John uses the, the idea of light coming into darkness as part of that. Now, as a church this month, we've been looking at um, a beloved Christmas carol, a hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And so each week we've been considering a, a stanza. Uh, today, my comments will be briefer than they would be on a typical Sunday. But there's the stanza, O Come, Thou Dayspring, Come and Cheer. The dayspring, uh, the image just like a, a new day when the sun comes up, the sun comes and, and starts to dispel the darkness. That's what, what this uh, stanza in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is about. Now, we're looking at this hymn because it's a hymn of longing, uh, of people who want more. They want God with us. They want uh, the rod of Jesse to come and bring his power. The various things that we've been looking at, we'll look at uh, this Sunday, the last piece, um, but the dayspring Come and cheer our spirits by thine advent, by your coming. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. And then there's the chorus, rejoice. And the, the ideas of, of this gloom, of life not being all that it can be, that the Christmas, Christmas message addresses in some way, it says that there's hope. There's not an instant fix for all of the world's problems, but Jesus coming into the world means that there's a transformation in how we understand what's happening and there's hope and we could have joy. Uh, 
So with this theme of darkness and the light, which of course, you know, is a theme about luminescence. You know, this is a profound theme in, in John, but it gets misapplied. So for instance, it's not talking about people or skin tones or race. That would be a, a gross misapplication when we're talking about light and dark. Uh, but if you stay with how light and dark is used throughout John's gospel, you realize something profound is being said. When John tells us Jesus coming into the world, the life being the light of men, showing us God full of grace and truth is like light in the darkness. And he says, the darkness has not overcome it. That's verse five. And so I wanna reflect a little bit on that idea tonight. The idea that the darkness doesn't overcome the light. Jesus comes into the world and it's not easy for him. And yet uh, the light is powerful. Now, darkness can be very powerful uh, for our imaginations and um, those among us who are young and maybe remember when they were very young, three or four, uh, and even those of us who are adults uh, may be able to remember back to when we were younger, uh, a lot of people are naturally scared of the dark. Not everyone, but it's the kind of thing, it's not surprising that we fear the dark. Uh, the dark is, is mysterious. You, you, you can't see and you can't understand. And therefore, what young children, a three-year-old, uh, where are the areas they might be afraid of, even in their own home? Well, under the bed, <laughs> because under the bed is dark and it's mysterious. If you can't see what's in there, how do you know? And so the parents could say, there's no monster, there's no ghost, there's no animal under there. But you lay on your bed and you hear a quick noise that may be outside, but because the noise happens, it comes and it's gone and you, you don't have the opportunity to listen for what it was. It's only your memory. You're reflecting on what was that noise and where did it come from? One of the things about the darkness is it disorients. If you look around and you don't see anything in your room, there's still that unseen place. Could be under your bed. A closet is another candidate. The closet uh, in most bedrooms, some people put lights in their closet, but, but most closets are a bit dark. And therefore the imagination, you lay in bed, you hear the noise. I don't know what the noise was, but, but it startled me. And now that fear makes me assume uh, maybe there's something unseen under the bed in the closet. And rarely do you assume it's grandpa coming to visit, uh, but you assume the worst. Maybe there's some monster, some animal, something that you've seen in a movie coming to life. And you know, you, you, you outgrow that to a certain degree. Not everybody does. Some people will always be afraid of the dark. Uh, but, but the kinds of things that parents do, <laughs> let's get under the bed with a flashlight <laughs> and you try to be rational. You don't need to be afraid. Well, so long as you're with me and you're showing me under the bed, but as soon as you leave and go to your room and the next noise comes, now I start to wonder, well, sure, you know, um, maybe this uh, particular being is crafty and is still there in the dark. Well, that's how we approach things with rationality, with evidence. And so we look under the bed, we look in the closet, and we try to say, look, there's no, I'm telling you there's no such thing as monsters. And now I'm showing you that even if there was, they're not under the bed and in the closet. So you don't have to worry about them. The doors are closed, the windows are locked. You don't need to worry. And yet children do. We don't all outgrow that. Um, some do. Uh, but for most of us, it matures and morphs, but there's still something about darkness. Uh, the idea of, of these areas that we don't see, we don't understand, that has a certain kind of power. You know, even as an adult, if you, if you don't know something like the future, what you don't know is fine when things are going well. But when things are not going well, just like a three-year-old, we start to, to fear the worst in, in something that happens and, and what we can't see and can't explain. This is one of those years where maybe back in, in, in March, we thought 
okay, we're just going to stay inside for two months and we're going to deal with it. And then the summer will come and we'll go back to vacation. And then the summer came and some of us started to get worried. <laughs> What's going to happen? The S&P 500 just went down. Uh, I don't know if my job is going to be here. Some people uh, weren't able to work. Uh, the government is giving me a stimulus, any of these various things. Uh, that unknown future, you could be a very wise, informed, rational adult. But the thing that you fear, which is financial instability, or losing your job and your reputation, or having to move out of the city, or any kind of thing, uh, the echoes of that experience are there. And so darkness is interesting. It's an interesting tool in the Bible where it talks about, um, you know, forces of darkness against God. Um, when the Bible talks about forces of evil, they're, they're described not as great, bold, and powerful, but as deceptive, as untruthful, as manipulative, and uh, accusatory. And the funny thing is, that means that actually, while evil is real and tangible and terrible, it's actually less powerful than we often assume, because its, it's primary tool is to exploit what you don't know, your fear. And so... Um, what you see in a certain relationship is a friend that you have a good friendship with. But when that friend wants to confront you about something that they're a little bit troubled about, the effect that it could have even on the adult, this could happen to the elementary school kid. So some of you, if you're young, may have this, but actually this doesn't go away. The friend comes and says, I'm really angry about this thing that you did. And now that's what we see. That's what's in the light. They're being upset with us. What remains in the dark, the unseen, is how much that person loves us and respects us. <laughs> we don't see that and we see the criticism and it plays on our fears and we assume the worst. And like little children, um, the gloom of darkness <laughs> comes into our lives. We never really fully outgrow the effects of deception and uh, accusation or even things that are relatively good, but just the unknown. And this year has been a hard year. Lots of things we don't know, lots of things we can't control. And it's been a year marked by anxiety for some, by depression for others. Uh, look, some people have thrived. It's been a good year. That's wonderful. But most people for whom things even are normally relatively well have found that this year has been a harder year. One of the reasons being there's been clouds. There's been gloom. And so the interesting thing, uh, John says that Jesus came into the world as light and the darkness has not overcome the light. And that's something that maybe instantly helps us understand how to address fear, which is to say that actually light is always more powerful than darkness. Now, there's always somebody at Emmanuel that did a PhD in physics that will try to argue with me about some, some phenomenon that, that makes that statement not mostly or not always true. But I would say mostly <laughs> when light comes into the dark, uh, the light is more powerful. So the enemy of light is not always going to be the darkness, but, but what's causing the light? So, so if your light is coming from a candle, the darkness won't overcome the light of the candle, but the wind will. Or if your light is coming from a bulb, the darkness won't overcome the light from the bulb, but, but maybe gravity knocking the, the lamp over and, and causing the bulb to shatter will cause the darkness. Or the sun, the darkness won't overcome the sun, but, but clouds will get in the way of it or, or the rotation of the earth. And so actually the, the darkness doesn't really overcome the light. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't things that come against the light. <laughs> so of course, there's this song that we teach our children, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. The life that was in Jesus, we're told to believe in him so that life is in us. And our biggest fear is of the darkness because the darkness is what we don't know. 
But often the things that are really discouraging us are things that we see. <laughs> um, it's like the wind. It's like, it's like the gravity breaking us. It's, it's, it's those things that we see, and then we assume the worst um, based on what we don't know. Christmas reminds us that Jesus comes into this dark world. <laughs> and the interesting thing is what, when I read the gospels, the various forces that opposed him, to me, the scary ones are the ones I don't understand, the demon-possessed individual. And the gospel accounts don't really portray Jesus as being anxious or nervous. He, he has authority. He speaks powerfully. <laughs> Evil doesn't trouble him. And then when I read about religious leaders coming up and challenging them with questions. That doesn't terrify me. I sort of, I'm used to that, people coming at me with questions. But we don't see that that's actually a form of opposition. <laughs> um, we think that the demons are the things that we should be terrified and Jesus simply speaks <laughs> away, go out. And yet we forget that in the whole of his ministry, there are these forces coming against him, accusation, deception, lies, government. And the Christmas story is a story that Jesus comes into this dark world and he walks with us, people who struggle with all of these various forces and we fear the dark and Jesus says, don't fear the dark. And we find ourselves saying, why am I still anxious? Why am I still worried? And he says, follow me, I will give you sufficient light. But the Christmas story is that Jesus comes into the world as a child, like a star in the night. It's just a, the beginning of a glimmer of light. But the hope is that he will be like the day spring a light that doesn't become overwhelmed by the dark, but a light that increasingly comes into our world and shines. And we find that in his ministry, he keeps going to places where, where expressions of darkness come against him, the accusation, the abandonment of his friends, the challenges of life. And then he goes to the cross. And one of the things we're told is very unusually, uh, the sun goes down, not simply as though there's a passing cloud, but as though there was darkness in the middle of the day, as if night had fallen. And what we're told is that, that in that moment, the, the darkness of death, uh, the most mysterious, the most unknown, uh, he went into it for us. He enters our darkness. That, that's a picture of how far God will go to show his love. But the darkness doesn't overcome him. And that's why, while Christmas is a wonderful holiday to celebrate, uh, the one that all the Gospels attest to with greater clarity is Easter. Uh, because it's like light beginning to shine, the world being changed, that when Jesus comes into the world, the light of life is in him, and the darkness does not overcome it. His purpose to, to bring that light and that glory to us continues. And so, um, as, we, as we consider uh, this hymn, we sing, Dispense, disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Christian story is this Jesus that came into the world, he, he makes it possible that we could sing and pray for his coming into our lives so that we don't need to fear death, we don't need to fear darkness, and we certainly don't need to fear what we see. Um, but if we trust him, he will lead us. And so Isaiah 9, uh, what we heard in Isaiah 9 too, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's the hope of the prophets. And when Jesus was born, there was this recognition, everything that everyone hoped is beginning to be realized in the birth of this one who was promised. And so, so how does darkness affect us? It affects us with fear and with hopelessness. There are other effects, but that, that's enough for us to think about tonight. Uh, the Christian faith is meant to help you. Um, not that biologically, if you're somebody that's prone to anxiety, that that, that will go away, but, but it gives light into your life to say, but you don't need to, to be overwhelmed by fear. 
if Jesus is with you. That hopelessness, the, the gloomy clouds of night to say, look, you know, if you're prone to being down, that's okay. You're invited. You have a place in the church and in God's kingdom. But there is increasing light offered to you. And as we walk with Jesus, we're told the one who came in the darkness so that people were, were able to find him by looking at the star, he will come into our darkness and he will bring light. That's one of the reasons that we can sing with this hymn, O come, thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Let's remember this Christmas, that even if this has been the hardest year many of us have ever faced, uh, the darkness won't overcome the light of Christ. And so if we walk in his light, um, we don't need to be overwhelmed with fear. We don't need to be hopeless, but we can pray, come Lord Jesus in greater ways. This is a year we need to see you. And let's pray for it and watch in 2021 how he brings some light into our lives. So let's, uh, as we celebrate Christmas, remember the one who came into Bethlehem and let's continue to, to sing.